Hey, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode. Welcome, welcome, come in, sit down, make yourself comfortable. In this episode, I talk a little bit about um, a situation between Nassim Taleb and Scott Adams, how Scott Adams stepped his feet into some territories that he does not truly understand and uh, has crossed paths with Nassim Taleb in a negative way, and not just him, but actually somebody else more likely. And also I talk about why I've stopped listening to uh, Scott Adams' Periscopes, even though there are some – I talk about some pros and cons about listening to him and um, why I still endorse one of his books, even though I would say don't listen to certain things that he says. So it's a good episode, a little different. Uh, take a listen. So, guys, let's talk about a Twitter fight. Twitter fight. So, um, you know, Twitter, just a, a quick little primer here. If you guys aren't on Twitter, uh, Twitter has got a bad rap. It can be a very toxic place, yes. It can also be a really, really good place to learn shit. So, uh, real quick, a while back ago, I made a podcast about how Twitter is kind of like the new gladiator domes. I don't know, not domes, like the new Coliseum. Um, and in a way, it is because Twitter is a place where people go to be killed and destroyed uh, just for fun. I mean, they don't go to be killed, but people kill each other for fun, right? They dig up old tweets. They dig up things to try to purposefully to ruin people's lives, which is reprehensible. It's disgusting. Now, what is going on that I say Twitter is also an awesome place is that you learn some really cool shit. So you can follow people in the Bitcoin space and literally learn so much about Bitcoin. Um, I like to follow people like, you know, obviously Taleb, though I can hardly understand his cryptic tweets. Uh, I love to follow people uh, about international politics or international affairs, global trade, currencies, things like that. Um, and also the type of Twitter that is like uh, in self-help or improvement. There's some really good Twitter resources out there about, you know, whether it be lifting weights or diets, fasting, all of that. And if you follow the right people, Twitter is an awesome place to be. Uh, in fact, Twitter has now become my go-to social media in a lot of ways because it's so entertaining. And the other thing I like about Twitter is you can directly connect and contact people way above your pay grade. So, I mean, there are people that I have had either conversations with, short, very brief, or like in, I wouldn't say conversations, interactions with and engagement with people that are way above my pay grade. Um, in terms of knowledge and understanding and wisdom about the world. And it's really cool to get that feedback from those people. Now, let me jump into today's topic. Uh, this is about Scott Adams and Taleb. Um, so there was a situation earlier this year, and I followed it when it happened, but I wasn't quite sure what to think. Um, I have been somewhat of a fan of Scott Adams, though I actually – don't recommend following him that much anymore, and there's some reasons for that I'll go into later. But um, we're, we're going to start off with there was a situation 
back in March of this year where Scott Adams was doing I actually some very commendable work with the climate change situation. So he was talking about um, uh, he was trying he was using Twitter to aggregate the uh, the pro and anti human doomsday climate change scenario. So for a while he was doing. I mean, I actually enjoyed it. For you know, I listened to a few of the podcast, a few of his periscopes, where he would um, he would go through some of the research about the pro climate human caused climate change, the other side which said that humans aren't causing climate change, and or you know, there's a lot of different sides of the climate change debate. There is one side that says that climate change is happening because of humans. And there's another side that says, well, climate change may be happening, but it's not because of humans. And then there's other people that say climate change really isn't happening the way they say it's happening. Um, I'm not going to go into all that. But at some point, there was a situation here that, um, in my opinion, he that Scott Adams got himself into trouble. So um, what did he do? What did he do? He basically came out and was talking about data. Now, Scott Adams is a pretty smart guy, but he's not a data guy. So, uh, or should I say he's not probability, he's not a statistics kind of guy. So, let me see if I can uh, find it here. Um, uh, Okay, so... Scott Adams was talking about – oh, he says – there's a tweet he brought up. He says, this climate argument looks persuasive to me. Is there a counterargument? So in this Twitter thread, he's going over some uh, climate change arguments. Um, somebody says, do you see the irrationality in your question? No scientist approves fudging. All scientists approve adjusting data from lower quality to higher. So – uh, something came up. Oh, trick question. Are rational adjustments for published reasons allowed? So basically, Scott Adams is talking about the background of this tweet is that Scott Adams was asking if um, what is an acceptable range of uh, adjusting data, adjusting previously collected data. Now, he's saying that because I think uh, NOAA – I didn't do a lot, of, uh, a lot of research on this, but it looks like NOAA, the uh, national uh, – the weather organization, adjusted some p- previous data. And I, what it looks like is that that's not a – it's not a scientific way to use data uh, because in order to adjust the data, you, there are some biases involved in the methods you're using to adjust it. So why are you adjusting it? Is uh, is the situation, and how are you using it to be adjusted? So, from my understanding, the best way to deal with the situation is to leave the data as is. You don't adjust the previous climate data. Anyway, so somebody uh, responded. A guy named Joe Norman responded to um, Scott Adams. He said, "Raising the quality of data after the fact is fudging." He's saying that. Um, Okay, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Scott Adams says, do you see the irrationality in your question? No scientist approves of fudging. All scientists approve of adjusting data from lower quality to higher. So Scott Adams is saying that scientists agree that you should be able to adjust previous data from lower quality to higher. So what exactly does that mean? Not sure. Here he goes. 
A guy named Joe Norman responded, who's a uh, scientist and complexity guy. He responds, no, raising the quote-unquote quality of data after the fact is fudging. So it's manipulating the data. Then he says, good scientists, not close to all, he said, not even close to all scientists, understand there are uncertainties at all stages of science, including errors in recording. And their statistical analysis and conclusions reflect that uncertainty. So basically, you can make corrections in your analysis in the models that you're running, but you don't change the data itself. So then um, Scott Adams responded, improving quality of data is fudging, question mark. Word salad time, I'm out. So he's basically uh, accusing Joe Norman, the scientist here, of using word salad and then jumps out. Uh, Joe Norman's response, improving the quality of data is word salad, and then he calls Scott an asshole. To which Nassim Taleb responds, Joe, responding to the scientist, he says, never ever debate science with a non-scientist. Kabish, which I thought was really funny. Um, and, uh, you know, Scott Adams responded to a couple things after that. But now let's continue. So, um, then Scott was smearing the guy a little bit, saying somebody said that Scott should debate Joe Norman, the guy that he was saying uh, was m- making word salad, to which Scott Adams responded, you want me to debate someone who prefers inaccurate data, question mark. What the hell am I missing here? So uh, then Nassim chimes in, says everything Scott Adams doing to defend himself proves the point that no one should ever – should." that no one should never discuss science and empiricism with non-scientists. He's trying to bully Joe Norman. Not a good idea. Um, So basically what it looks like – oh, hold on. One more thing here. So then there was one more tweet maybe I think where – yeah. So then – okay. Here's the situation is that basically Scott Adams was talking about something that was out of his range, out of his understanding, out of his expertise, which is data and science and empiricism. And he could not admit that he was wrong. And so he started, I wouldn't say necessarily smearing, but just kind of talking some shit to the guy that was correcting him or challenging him. And then, you know, Nassim Taleb obviously jumped on the side of the scientist and also, Scott Adams blocked Nassim Taleb. So the situation here is that Scott Adams is trying to say that adjusting previously collected data is okay, which if you can't get an understanding of what I'm talking about, think about if you have a spreadsheet of like financial information and the information is valid at the time that it's collected. So you're collecting like um, – like revenue information on companies back in the 1950s. Then uh, 50 years later, you change the measurement of revenue and then you say, well, let's go ahead and adjust the data from 50 years ago. Well, if you do that, there's a lot of things that that you're going to be changing that you might not understand. So um, if you change the revenue from 50 years ago, it's – going to affect the model. It's going to affect the outcome. And it's basically, I mean, it's hard to visualize it, but it's not a good way to perform your analysis. You're, I mean, you're basically, you're fudging the numbers. Absolutely. You're, you're just, you are arbitrarily 
changing the information because there's a chance that you are, there's a, a big chance that whatever adjustments you're making are not going to be able to completely apply to the previous data anyway. Plus, there's going to be things happening in the previously collected data that you're not sure about why those measurements are incorrect, right? So if you want to make adjustments, why are you making those adjustments? And once you make those adjustments, now you don't have the original data set anymore. So you've now diverged from the original set of data. And so whatever findings you get, I'm not quite sure how you would interpret those findings, given that now the data you have has been changed. Does that make sense? So once you adjust the data to quote unquote make it a higher quality because of maybe new information that you have about the measurements, you're changing the original data set and who knows what kind of effect that might have or who knows what other things were captured in that original data set that you might not understand were accurate or inaccurate. Um, Maybe I am just making up a bunch of bullshit word salad, but... This was an interesting uh, situation, and I want to continue and tell you how I don't really listen to Scott Adams anymore, but why some of what he says has been valuable. So stay tuned. So uh, basically, I stopped – my issue with Scott Adams is one, his predictions. I just can't stand it. Two, after listening to more and more Nassim Taleb, uh, some of his his psychology stuff – is uh, I think it's just more and more bullshit. So basically, um, let me start off and say why I set so what I disapprove of Scott Adams. He makes uh, a lot of predictions about things, and I whenever I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, I think sometimes he makes maybe economic predictions, uh, political predictions, things like that. And even if he's right a good percent of the time or, you know, however you want to measure it, the, the, there's something about his predictions that I just find extremely arrogant. Um, I find it extremely arrogant and misleading. Basically, I do not believe, even if his uh, predictions are, have been accurate, even if some of his predictions have been accurate, I don't believe – I just don't believe in that – he doesn't have any skin in the game. He really doesn't have anything to lose from making an incorrect prediction. And so it's – he doesn't just speculate and say, well, this is what I think is going to happen, but who knows. He makes these predictions and talks about a lot of uh, subject matter as though he's an expert in fields um, that he's just not. Right, I mean, he's not an expert in uh, in a lot of the things he talks about, and listening to his periscopes, I think he uses his uh, persuasion techniques um, to build his audience, and I think that he has a good understanding of persuasion. I think that's true, but I just don't buy into everything that he talks about regarding mostly his pol- his uh, worldview on uh, politics, geopolitics. But he does have some good cultural commentary. So before I go further, uh, basically what turns me off most about Scott Adams is his predictions. I can't stand listening to his arrogant predictions about shit. Um, I just – I don't like it. And he makes – he does shit 
like he makes predictions that are very broad so that way if they whichever direction they happen um he can claim he was correct now i haven't been listening to his periscopes for several months so it's very difficult for me to pull examples all i would say is this watch his periscopes because there is some interesting stuff in there if you watch his periscopes or listen to them you will hear him make predictions you will also hear him defend previous predictions that is where I started getting turned off because I started hearing his cognitive dissonance come in. There was once or there were a couple examples that uh, in his periscopes where he discussed predictions that more or less he didn't get right, but he he basically ver- <clears throat> talked his way into explaining how he wasn't wrong. And for me, that was enough. That was enough. Like after I heard that a couple times, I said, I'm done with this. Sorry, hold on a second. Sorry, I had a uh, B12 vitamin that's uh, very powdery and sometimes the powdery gets – powdery stuff gets lodged in my throat. Kind of like uh, when I eat peanuts. Sometimes when I eat peanuts, I have the same problem, Uh, like little small little pieces. So basically once I started hearing – him defend his inaccurate predictions. Um, I was like just very, very turned off, uh, especially the way it, it's very charlatan like. And I, listen, I have no problem with people speculating. I have no problem with people making predictions like, hey, I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. But there's, it's very hard for me to describe. Uh, but you know what? When the best way I can say it is this you know it when you see it. You know it when you see it. There are some people that make uh, predictions, but maybe it's not a prediction but a speculation, um, whereas there are other people that make hard predictions like this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and when it doesn't happen, it's like, okay, um, I'm going to stop listening to you, whereas I, what I think what I prefer – is listening to somebody who speculates on the future given uh, particular variables but who is in no way um, pretending that there is a certain outcome that will be had, right? Because – now, don't get me wrong. In a very narrow set of domains, you can do that and uh, it's valid because there's you know very small amount of variables. But when it comes to politics, when it comes to geopolitics, when it comes to human behavior, there are so many variables, also with nature as well. I mean there's a reason why we can't predict where a hurricane is going. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always a cone of uncertainty. So in most of the things that we study, we can't predict the future. But yet there are some people who will try to convince you that they can predict the future, and Scott Adams is being one of those guys. Um, I'm not a big fan because there's something about his predictions that turns me off. Uh, there's a bullshit filter. There are not a bullshit filter. There's a bullshit alarm that goes off. Something about it, about his predictions, about the way he talks about the future, the way he justifies his past predictions, something about it and some of his commentary on certain things just strikes me as bullshit. And so I don't like to listen to him anymore because of that. Now, that being said, I have talked about him in the past and I have endorsed his book, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Bigly or Big. That is different from um, from what he does on Periscope. 
Here's why. And this is where I, I would still recommend people read that book or listen to that book. I listened to it on audiobook, and it was, it was good. I liked it. Here's why. Because it's about entrepreneurship, essentially. It's about entrepreneurship. It's about his pathway to, through entrepreneurship. And it's about basically believing in yourself, which is good. And I, you know, I think that's a great message. He talks about how, um, it's funny. It, I talked about this the other day, how Naval and other people talk about um, trying different things. Naval, Gary V talk about trying different things, running out of unluck, basically. You know, do try so many things to the point where you can't be unlucky anymore, right? It's like asking out so many girls that eventually somebody says yes, kind of like that situation. Well, Scott Adams goes through that. How he's had he worked a job for a long time, but while he was working a job, um, he was doing cartoon work. He was trying to, and then after his his cartoon or his uh, comic strip Dilbert got off the ground, he tried many many different um, uh, you know entrepreneurial ventures, such as starting a um, a restaurant. He started a food product. He started uh, the many different things, and that is the information that I find valuable from Scott Adams. Right. Um, that is it's it's good stuff. It's encouraging because you get to go through some of the failures that uh, he went through, but he didn't stop. He always continued. And now he's got a successful Periscope where he actually makes money off of this, I believe. And people pay him on Patreon. Now, here's what I'd like to say. Another thing that's positive. His cultural commentary is valuable, in my opinion. I do enjoy his cultural commentary about the left and the right. But you don't need to be a psycho, you know, an expert in psychology in order to see that. And he's not an expert in psychology. Um, but he has trained in, been trained in persuasion and stuff like that. So what I would say is uh, his cultural commentary is good. He's good at kind of looking at what does the left think about this? What does the right think about this? Um, that is good stuff. I like listening to some of that. Uh, he was – I loved the way he talked about how um, in the United States, the there's the, the two movies on one screen. Uh, that was very valuable piece of commentary. In my opinion, that's a that was a value add to the commentary of the United States cultural situation is that with the radical left and people not on the radical left, we're, we are watching two different movies in the same country. We're watching two different narratives. Right, so we're not watching the same news anymore. We're all getting news from different sources, but the radical left wingers are watching a completely different story. Like the anti-Trumpers, the Trump derangement syndrome, all of that shit is they're on a totally different wavelength, and that's why we're starting to see more violence. In my opinion, that's why we're starting to see more violence at these uh, patriot rallies with Antifa and stuff like that. That's why people are getting more violent about people wearing pro-Trump gear because there's such a disconnect that dialogue cannot be had anymore because we're both seeing two different cultural narratives play out. One is that Trump is a Russian asset who's trying to destroy this country and bring, bring back white supremacy. Then the other side is like he's a president that got elected. Most of the people that voted for him have nothing to do with white supremacists. Most of the people in this country are just trying to get along. And that's like the one narrative, but then the other narrative is that there's a bunch of white supremacists trying to take over the world because of Trump. 
So in my opinion, uh, Scott Adams did provide value to the cultural commentary via some of his analysis. And the way he talked about things like Trump derangement syndrome, I don't know if he made up that term, but um, he's the first person I heard say that. He also brought up the two movies on one screen. Very good. So also his um, contribution to thinking like an entrepreneur, I like. So I like those things. But what I would say is, is that those are practical things. Like, for example, listening to someone's commentary on culture, that's actually – that's uh, not a bullshit prediction situation, right? You can look at that and you could agree. You can disagree. But there's nothing that – you don't need skin in the game to do that. And um, it, it can be very valuable as well. Now – uh, or I could be wrong. Maybe you do need skin in the game. But regardless, the situation is different though when he makes predictions about things um, and also when he talks about public policy. Um, sometimes he comes up with some interesting ideas. That being said, he does make a big mistake with scale transformation. And I'll talk about that later about Nassim Taleb and scale transformation. Um, very important. But basically, Scott Adams. I like some of his shit, but he has been an advocate of saying try something at the state level and then put it at the national level. That is probably not going to work ever or it just doesn't really work well because things change at a higher scale. So that's what Nassim Taleb talks about, scale transformation. And it's something uh, that Scott Adams needs to learn about or do more research on. But um, anyway – That is my thoughts on Scott Adams, and like I said, if you're going to listen to him, listen to him for his cultural commentary. Uh, Listen to him for maybe his take on some of the news. Don't listen to his predictions. It's bullshit. It's stupid, Um, and don't listen to some of his policy suggestions. Uh, You know, I read an article about his about – now, like I said, he makes good points, but he made a point about gun control legislation that I thought was just idiotic. Um, but you know what? To each his own. Everybody should do their own research. Bottom line is there are some good things about Scott Adams and some not so good things. Don't listen to his predictions. They're ridiculous. And the way he presents them to you, he's very arrogant and will basically verbalize his way through his mistakes. That being said, he does have some valuable stuff to look into, but uh, I wouldn't put too too much into what he says. Anyway... That's what I got to say for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can email me at tayradio1 at gmail.com, T-A-Y, radio1 at gmail.com. Thank you.